Hi and welcome to the Her Forum podcast. We're a platform and community for women in law and aim to bring to you personal and professional insights from some amazing women with strong voices in the field of law. Hi, I'm Kriti Trehan and I'm a tech lawyer and policy professional. I've done this work for a while and I've had the opportunity to work with some of the coolest companies in India and overseas. Although at present I'm enjoying a super fun-filled chilled out break back at home with my family and my furry baby. So I'm not wearing any official hats today and I'm speaking with you purely in my personal capacity. Thank you for allowing me to share my learnings from having worked in this sector over the past few years. And hopefully through your comments I'll get a chance to be educated by you as well. Let's start with talking about some of the emerging challenges in the tech law and policy sector in India today. Or better still, let's take a quick step back and ruminate on why the policy piece is so important in the tech law uh, and policy field. The answer I'm sure is fairly obvious but do bear with me for just a bit here. Technology in and of itself has a momentum of its own and a pretty good one and a rapid one at that. Law perhaps lesser so. Traditionally as lawyers our roles vis-a-vis clients uh, are to help them understand interpret and comply with law as is today. Anyone who's worked in the tech space will understand the challenges of sticking to this approach. Suffice to say that prescriptive regulation struggles to keep pace with emerging technology and it's not fair to expect it to do so either. At the same time the expansion of technology and its use cases may become limited because regulation wasn't created for it in the first place. This is where understanding, appreciating and participating in the policy discourse becomes crucial for technology lawyers. At the very least it helps us keep our clients ahead of the curve and prepared for what's coming. At best it allows us to participate constructively with the legislative process. With that background, I've hopefully piqued your interest a bit and set the stage for you to find value in our chat today. Let's jump straight into one of the recent emerging issues in this space. Let's begin with privacy. From a policy perspective, privacy and data protection are incredibly interesting because of the trajectory they've seen in the past few years. While privacy has been protected as a right under the interpretation of Article 21's fundamental right to life, The subject itself became a lot more prominent in and around July and August of 2017 uh, in India especially in context of privacy and digital rights. The central government constituted a committee of experts under the chairpersonship of Justice Shri Krishna which was meant to determine whether or not India required a dedicated privacy legislation and if yes what the contours of such legislation would be. This was soon followed by the Supreme Court's judgment uh, upholding privacy online as part of Article 21's protect, uh, protections. November 2017 brought with it the Shri Krishna Committee's white paper on the subject where it extensively detailed the need to create a dedicated law on personal data. It also articulated principles that could form the basis of such a law, gave a comparative assessment uh, from across various jurisdictions on specific aspects of such a data protection law and outlined questions for public consultations. Consultations and written responses to the committee continued through 2018 and uh, in July of 2018 the Shri Krishna committee published the draft personal data protection bill for further consultation. The next year and a half saw public and closed door discussions on very specific aspects of the bill as a result of which in December 2019 the government of India published a new personal data protection bill. 
This bill also went through a certain amount of discussion and due to calls for revision uh, for this bill, the bill was subjected to the Joint Parliamentary Committee under Ms. Menakshi Lekhi for review. The bill with changes is now expected to be discussed in Parliament in the upcoming monsoon session. Now, that was a lot about time, wasn't it? Uh, but these timelines at best might sound like a tenuous lesson to you. However, as a policy professional, they are essential to our work. They determine the level of policy engagement, its depth, and the manner in which engagement should occur, uh, which is based on the stage at which any legislative process is at a given point in time. For instance, until November 2017, that is when the Shri Krishna Committee white paper was published, the policy community, uh, that is to say civil society, academia, in-house policy folks, the public at large, engaged in high-level debate on the concept of privacy and data protection online. There were discussions around the existing regime, uh, which is the information technology, reasonable security practices and procedures in sensitive personal data uh, or information rules of 2011. See, I could not do that in one breath. Uh, well, the rules, their coverage, the value a new law would bring, best practices from global laws, including principles that are enshrined in the EU GDPR, uh, like data minimization, purpose limitation, transparency, accountability, etc. From then until July 2018, that is when the 2018 bill was published, there were extensive deliberations on the white paper itself. The provisional views that the committee had provided, the questions it had asked and, you know, resulting in consultations, roundtable discussions, etc. Thereafter, there were public and closed-door discussions on the content of the 2018 bill. Policy papers were written, deep dives were conducted, interministerial dialogues occurred, and subsequently the 2019 bill emerged. This 2019 bill uh, continues to be the subject of public and government debate at this point in time, including on specific topics like data localization, data portability, definitional challenges, the creation of a new regulator with extensive rulemaking powers, government access to data, etc. In fact, last year, and I believe it was between July, August and October, uh, the JPC invited tech companies to depose before it uh, on the 2019 bill. But these timelines are also very instructive from the perspective of everything else that was going on in parallel on both the personal and non-personal data fronts. The Reserve Bank of India published the local data storage notification in April of 2018 uh, with a transitional timeline to comply by October of 2018. Other sectoral regulators and government departments like in telecom, in health, etc. were exploring the notion of creating focused regulation for data protection and privacy within their sectoral ambits. And globally, 2017 and 18 saw increased conversation on privacy with the GDPR coming into effect in May of 2018 followed by June 2018 that witnessed the California Consumer Protection, Consumer Privacy Act, I apologize, um, being signed into law. And then in 2020 in India, the conversation swerved towards non-personal data or NPD uh, with the constitution of the expert committee under the chairpersonship of Chris Gopalakrishnan. Um, the committee's report and consultations occurred thereafter. And the concept itself of NPD uh, is quite interesting. Based on the assumption that data has inherent value, the committee proposed the creation of a new regulatory framework for NPD uh, to promote innovation. At a high level, the committee's approach was based on the assumption that since data has inherent value, all data should be accessible to everyone for innovation to occur. 
This, of course, raised concerns and questions from the perspective of intellectual property rights laws, competition laws, and protecting privacy itself. Because NPD, as envisaged under the committee's report, is any data which is not personal data. And therefore, this also includes anonymized personal data. As you can imagine from a lawyer's perspective, a negative and open-ended definition always raises alarm bells. And therefore, this and a lot of new concepts that the NPD committee report created, uh, the policy community sought clarity on all of this. The committee published a revised paper in December of 2020, sought views, um, and as we speak is assessing those views. Now let's quickly shift gears for a bit, because tech law and policy is not limited only to data laws. One other emerging area of work pertains to content. Content which is curated, like you see on an online streaming service, or content which emanates from third parties, like posts you publish on social media, networking media, etc. Here the relevant piece of legislation used to be the Information Technology Intermediaries Guidelines Rules of 2011. Earlier this year, these rules underwent an overhaul, and now the applicable regime uh, for content is the Information Technology Intermediary Guidelines and Digital Media Ethics Code Rules of 2021. <sighs> I, I, I need to breathe. <laughs> the 2011 rules, incidentally, have been in the process of being amended for the last couple of years. Um, and late in 2018, a leaked draft of the rules underwent some discussions and consultation. The 2021 rules, as you would have noticed, are crafted in a manner that they create specific rules for one, all intermediaries, but also three new categories, social media, digital news media, and online streaming services. The rules prescribe, among other things, norms for takedown, identifying the first source of information, grievance redressal, and escalation mechanisms. The policy community here has raised certain con uh, concerns around the administrative structure of the rules. While the portion applicable to all intermediaries in social media is to be administered by the Ministry of Electronics and IT, the rules pertaining to digital news media and online streaming will be under the ambit of the Ministry of Information and Broadcasting. There are also concerns around the practical ability of 24-hour takedowns, the technical possibility of tracking and tracing first sources of information, etc. As lawyers, you would be more than aware of ongoing litigations on these rules, especially from the perspective of digital news media. So let me not bore you with that. At the same time, given the extensive scope for government engagement established by the 2021 rules themselves through the nodal officer and grievance officer framework, the work of the policy community here is far from being over, despite the fact that the rules are already in effect um, and applicable. I'd also love to chat about a bunch of other topics like e-commerce, economic digitization, e-health, etc. But I'm really worried that your eyes might start glazing over shortly. <laughs> so I'm going to pump the brakes here and thank you for your time. By no means are these the only issues in tech law and policy. The universe is vast and rife with possibilities. And whether you're hoping to be a technology lawyer or you seek to explore the public policy space with tech companies, or you're simply curious about what all the buzz on tech law and policy is, I hope you found this conversation here a little helpful and somewhat instructive. Enough at least to want to explore some more. And if you've got any questions or just want to chat, feel free to ping me. Thank you once again for joining in. And don't forget, stay safe and mask up. Bye. Thanks for tuning in and stay tuned for more.